Welcome to the Souls of Society community. We're building the new world here. It's based on connection, compassion, and collaboration. Join us as we explore how to create a new earth. Enjoy the Heart Center conversation. I'm Dijon. Welcome to the tribe. Bless. All right, I am very excited today to welcome on a really beautiful soul that I was so genuinely excited to have this conversation with today, Kelly Russell. So nice to be here. I was looking forward to talking to you. Yeah. So Kelly is someone I met at a yoga studio that I frequent in Encinitas, or at least I did before quarantine 2020, um, <laughs> called the soul of yoga. And have I been to more than one class? Now I've been to a couple of her classes, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think too. Yeah. But I became, uh, I did my teacher training last year and have been steadily getting more and more into yoga and all of the teachers there. I feel like have very deep practices that are inspiring, but Kelly's in particular is so grounded, but also warm. And I think you'll be able to hear exactly what I'm talking about as we do this podcast today, because (laughs) her voice communicates her spirit. And (laughs) um, so it's exciting. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. You're, you're a beautiful soul. And instantly when I met you, that warmth radiates out of your eyes and your smile. So it, I'm glad that you decided to talk to me after class one day and that we could connect to do this. Yeah. Like energy attracts like energy, I believe. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So this is also fun because Kelly and I don't know each other very well. So we're going to get to know each other over the course of this. Um, and also just talk about what's alive because... This is the second podcast I've done since um, quarantine started. So that's Mm. affected everyone in different ways. And I think it's good to hear people's individual experiences about how it's affecting them. So, you know, maybe we could just start there and say, like, how has life been since the shift happened? I've been pretty lucky. My husband already works from home and he is in the design business with computer, you know, like UX, UI, user interface, user experience. But he recently had a shift where he had a spiritual experience and met his highest self and now has written a book about that and is in the editing phase of his book and looking to shift careers. So it was really exciting to watch him like he channeled information it flew out of him onto page it was amazing and so i'm used to him working at home he's worked at home for many years and now he's got something exciting that he's doing and uh, we have a 14 year old daughter and luckily she really enjoys being at home as well so she's been in a really good mood like handling this so well she started doing school online and She's really crafty and artsy. She's a beautiful sketch artist, and she's been keeping us well-stocked with delicious baked goods. (laughs) Like, she made some brownies, she made some banana bread, she made some chocolate banana muffins, she's gonna make some carrot cake. I'm like, oh my gosh. (laughs) So, and then for me, like, I'm also very lucky. Some of what I do is online. I help people with uh, energy clearing, some energy healing, as well as subconscious change, as I call myself a subconscious change coach. So um, a lot on positive mindset is what I do. And then I'm a yoga teacher. So luckily, Soul of Yoga was right on top of it. They started streaming their classes. So I teach three a week through them. And then I teach a couple on my own that I stream all of them through my dining room. I just move the furniture out of the way. And then I've been walking a lot. I've been putting on my headphones, listening to you know, some serious XM or some music and walking for one to two hours a day. So, and then luckily my husband's a good cook. So we share cooking responsibilities. Like I go pretty basic. He goes like really amazing flavors and 
he's like gourmet when he cooks. So, you know, I've been really lucky that my family is together. We've been getting along. It's all good. Um, and like, you know, we talked briefly before we started this conversation. It's like, it's a real time for expansion and growth. And I had a friend remind me about that. You know, I think a few days ago I was feeling kind of like I was wondering when things are going to go back to the way they were. And she reminded me so beautifully. She's like, nothing's going to go back to the way it was. Everything is different. Everything has already changed. Everything's going to be different. And this is a really exciting time. And I, I, it allowed me to have a quantum shift where I was like, oh yeah, it's not going to go back. It's going to go forward. And what new and interesting thing can I create? And so I'm uh, letting some ideas percolate and I don't know what that's going to look like yet. Mm. So, so wow. how about you? What have you been doing? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Um, <laughs> before I say what I've been doing, I guess I just want to say, you know, congratulations. That's so much. It's like your husband's spiritual awakening and shift mm -hmm. into a different career, I'm sure has lots of ripples into your experience and yeah. uh, your daughter's support. And I'm sure that everything that she's cooking has a lot of love in it. I love <laughs> banana nut muffins and carrot cake. That sounds good. Um, I'm virtually enjoying the deliciousness. And <laughs> Thanks for the reminder about the Soul of Yoga online classes because yeah. I believe I still have a membership there because I didn't cancel my membership. So I should check out some of their online classes. For sure. Yeah, I think they were doing first class free and then $49 for the first month. So definitely get in there. There's a, a lot of classes being offered and all the teachers are doing it from their own homes, mm. but they're providing all the tech support and they've been so uh, communicative and on top of it and mindful and wonderful. So yeah, absolutely. That's great. Check yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to check that out today. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it sounds like in your case and in the last person I had on that, you know, it's hard to say better or worse, but it sounds like your life could even be better, right? Like here, <laughs> you got to slow down and like take these times, go for long contemplative strolls and you're connecting very deeply with your family, which I imagine is a good thing because, you know, you chose them to be your family and um, it's good that things aren't going back to the way they were because that wasn't working for so many people. It wasn't really working yeah. for anyone. It's like, it was blatantly not working for, for a lot of people. And then for the people that it was quote unquote working for, I think we're probably undernourished and disconnected in ways that they're now beginning to become more aware of. Mm -hmm. So, and many of them sick or taking different medications for anxiety or depression, their, their bodies were talking to them, but they often just override that and move forward and push harder and try to achieve something, you know, but what's it all for? So, yeah, I think that's going to cause a big awakening in a lot of people. I agree. Yeah. And, you know, it's, I can say that I'm one of these people as well. You know, and my, I guess, thing I was looking to come back into alignment with is the idea that something in the future was going to bring me happiness or fulfillment or, you know, whatever it is. And like a meme says, you know, now is all we have and all we have is the present moment. But being able to actually embody that and feel it is a different thing and I feel like mm -hmm. this process is giving me more time to embody that and em embrace my aloneness and the further I embrace it the more I'm getting in touch with my own unique weird <laughs> energy and the more genius I'm tapping into and I can yeah. you know I can without ego say that I'm tapping into a lot of genius now because I don't, I don't think the genius is me. I think that the genius is a frequency like on a radio station that you can tune into when you're clear enough to do that. And a lot of it, in my experience, revolves around self-acceptance and self-love. And 
I'll give you an example of how, like one way I opened up more of that for myself. So um, my mom bought a Peloton before all this happened. So she's happy she has that because mm -hmm. she started exercising, but she got me an account. So I've been going in there to do like workouts and stuff. So I've been trying all the different workouts and I was doing like the hit classes and, and then um, I was like, oh, I've done a few hit classes. I'm going to try a dance cardio, which is not something I would normally do. Like I don't go to dance classes and I'm out of my deck, which is on the first level. It's very visible. Everyone can see it. And I start doing this <laughs> dance cardio class. <laughs> and so I'm by myself, you know, just like doing it with my iPad out there. And I'm, I'm kind of like seeing myself from the outside. And I'm like, I'm like, ah, oh, maybe I should go inside. I think I look kind of stupid doing this. And I was having this internal dialogue and I was like, nah, I don't give a shit. Like I'd rather be in the sun right now. And that's, so I'm going to do this class, you know? Uh -huh. So it was pushing past this internal barrier of like self-judgment and self-criticism that I'm sure is reflected in other aspects of my life, you know, but flexing that muscle to just be like, I'm not actually worried about my appearance, which is ego. I'm more yeah. worried about what I feel, which is the soul. Mm -hmm. So that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> did you learn some new moves? I did learn some new moves. <laughs> okay. And, um, yeah, even during the class, like, you know, not taking it too seriously. And the instructors do a good job of being like, you know, if you don't know what you're doing or don't, you know, just you can do this step and like, don't worry about it. Just keep moving. Just keep moving. That's, uh -huh. the, only, that's the only thing that matters is that you keep moving. And it's, it's such a metaphor, right? It's just like the goal in life is not perfection, right? <laughs> yeah. And perfectionism is crippling. So just mm -hmm. to be joyful and to try to dance your way through life. And if, if something doesn't go the way you want it to, then you laugh or, you know, whatever. And keep, keep moving, right? Just keep dancing. Just, just keep dancing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. That's cool. Um, and I've uh, seen, I've seen a lot of that, like um, some colleagues of mine posting Facebook live videos, teaching yoga. And I saw one of my friends like on the very side of a property out in the gravel you can hardly see the little iphone propped up it keeps falling over and he had that <laughs> same his it was just so imperfect but it was so beautiful and and he's like you know what people might be judging you right now that you're outside and you're that weird yoga neighbor but that's okay <laughs> he's like they already knew you're weird anyway so it doesn't matter you know <laughs> So it's yeah. been really cool to see people be vulnerable and share themselves with each other in a unique way. And it's not perfect. It's like we're all trying this new technology and stuff. So it's really cool to see that. Totally. And it's yeah. good that we all get to go back to this beginner mindset together. Yeah. And, you know, that's a trap. Perfectionism is a trap, right? Like yeah. perfectionism is what someone looks like when they have too much plastic surgery. Yeah. Right. That's, that's perfectionism. And really that has nothing to do with how you feel about something or how much you enjoy something. Because if you were to see your, your child in a school play, you know, when they're like eight and you hear them sing, they could be totally off key and just, be butchering that song but mm -hmm. in your heart you're probably going to feel super proud and just like you're going to feel very open and activated mm -hmm. you know and that's all about how you're interacting with the experience and not about what the experience is totally yeah i've listened to some musicians that play you know the violin or some or the piano that are technically perfect but it sounds robotic and then uh, my family and I, we were watching Saturday Night Live. We saw Chance the Rapper, and he's not that great, but he's so personable and warm, and he was <laughs> just like, he seemed nice, and he was just himself. And I was like, what is it about this guy? And it, it wasn't his skill. It, he was mediocre as a rapper, but his personality just shined through, and we all fell in love with him just watching who he was come out. It was cool. Dude, that's, that's so, I know exactly what you mean because 
I don't particularly listen to Chance very much. And I kind of, mm -hmm. in a way, I was like, I don't get it. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't listen to it and I don't like it that much. Um, I really love his verse on Ultralight Beam on the Kanye West album. That is like flawless. But someone invited me to a Chance show a few years ago in San Francisco. And, wow. you know, because it was free, I was like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll come check it out. So I go and... Um, I was having a good time. I mean, I didn't know a whole lot of the music, but he would, his personality was the strong point because he would take breaks in the show and start to talk to people and just the crowd in general. And a lot of times, like, I can't hear what people are saying or people aren't fully present, but the level of presence that everyone was giving him when he was talking was like palpable like he could feel it like everyone was hanging on his every word and there's something beyond that conjures that sort of presence and i remember the very last song as he was playing it he was like okay everybody pay attention this is the moment we're about to experience it together this is the moment that when you think of this concert you're going to remember you're not going to remember anything else you're going to remember this moment so let's make it special and then Aww. um I got and then chills. like all this confetti like burst from the sky, you know, <laughs> and like the the band swelled and and he's right. I don't remember really anything else from that concert except for that moment, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <That's> so powerful. <laughs> yeah, and I met. I got to meet him after the mm -hmm. show. We got to go backstage, and all I all it was was I shook his hand and looked him in the eyes. But when I looked him in the eyes, like I felt it. I was like, whoa, <laughs> this dude is lit as fuck you know that's cool yeah that just taps into also like the power of perception or belief and that experience that added more to your senses and that's also something that i do to work with people and in, in my field you know because he he was telling you this is going to be the moment of your life. This is going to be like the moment that you're going to remember of this adventure. Mm -hmm. And then he added some other sensations to it, that confetti, that feeling. And then sure enough, you remember it, you believe it. The mm -hmm. power, the power of that thought is so important and how we direct our thought, especially when things are challenging right now, like the belief that we will, be healthy and strong and together and connected. Mm. Yeah. So I'd love to hear more about your work and maybe even if you want to start even before that, like how did you get into it? Because in my experience, usually people overcome something personally that drives them to help other people heal in some capacity. Yeah. I, th I think when I was a, a, a little kid, I always observed the people in my neighborhood, the adults, and they were rarely loving each other. And I heard so much talk about hating what they did. So not connected to their spouse and not connected to what they were doing. You know, I hear stuff like, oh, I can't, I have to get up in the morning and do this again. Or here I go again, or I hate my job, you know. And I, I just looked around and I, I couldn't understand why people would create a life that they didn't like. I was like, why? Why would you marry someone and then not treat them nice? Why would you have a job that you hate going to every day? And I know that we're blessed enough to have our security taken care of. Like when we have food on a table and we have rent, that's number one, before you can start even thinking those higher functioning thoughts, like, do I enjoy what I do? First, it's just like, do you have security? But I started wondering that. And so I spent many, many years studying why people do what they do. So I got my bachelor degree in psychology and a minor in sociology, like why do groups of people do what they do? And I started understanding it. And um, I wanted to go and be a counselor. So I got a master's in counseling. And part of that is an internship that's 3,000 hours long. And in my case, anyway, I was put into some of the most hardcore situations. So um, gang diversion, anger management, parenting the difficult teen, anti-theft, I was doing play therapy with little kids who were being abused, but their abuser was still in their home. 
So it was crazy. Like I would see little kids being tied up to their, um, their car seats so that their parent can go do drugs or go take a nap or go do the laundry. And they're giving their kids medication and stuff to knock them out. And, um, they were beating their children and stuff. It, it was pretty crazy. And not only that, but I saw people using their welfare checks to, they'd be like, Oh, I, I got my welfare check, but I just bought this leather couch with it. Or I got money for my kids, but instead I went and spend it on something, you know, that I, you know, alcohol or something. And then I also had a, a company that I was working for that was asking me to falsify records. So they were saying, when you fill out these forms, that's how we get grant money. And so we need you to fill out these certain bubbles to show a certain outcome so that we can get our grant money. And I, I wasn't in line with that. I was saying, no, I'm not going to lie. Like if, if we are seeing those improvements, of course, I want to see that. And I'm going to fill out that bubble, but I'm not going to falsify records. So I was quickly dis disillusioned. And um, at the same time, I started doing yoga a lot. And I started watching people come in to the yoga class. And I'd, I'd be near the back. And I'd I like to watch people. And they'd come in and their shoulders are down and their eyes are down. And, and then I watched one hour later, it's like a transformation. They walk out of that room with their chest up, their shoulders back. They look me in the eye. Their eyes are glowing with light. They have a smile. And I was like, what is this yoga thing? This is cool. And so I started watching that more and more. And I said, I, th I think I should be a yoga teacher. I think I can impact more people in a positive way than I can through this talk therapy. And in the talk therapy, they were court mandated by a judge and they didn't want to be there. So they're like, I don't understand why I'm here. I don't know why I'm called to do this. They were, they were not willing to grow or change. And so I, I did that. I stopped my internship about halfway through. I went into teaching yoga. I've been teaching yoga for 10 years now. I love it. And then about, gosh, four or five years ago, uh, my best friend, she's a few years younger than me, and she was hiking. She hikes every year. They go on this big hike together. And she's really fit. She takes care of herself. And she had it in her mind, you know, I'm going to jump from this boulder to the next boulder. And she's like, I know how to land. I'm strong. I know how to land with my knees bent in a squat. It's going to be fine. So she jumps. And then the way she landed was just a little off and she fell and she broke her back. So she got airlifted off of this mountain. She got taken to the hospital and they, there was a chunk of her vertebra missing. It was floating somewhere in her system, but they, they opted to not do surgery. And so every week we would get together and we'd have lunch. And I got to see the progression through what happened. And I tried, I watched her try to heal herself, but nothing worked. It's like she went to physical therapy. She went to um, a sports kinesiologist. She went to acupuncture, acupressure. She went to various doctors. She had this massage therapist come to her house and he would roll the ligaments and tendons. It was a really uncomfortable massage, like twice a week to try to make the pain go away. And then finally she started taking pain pills to make it go away and nothing worked. And so it was like two years watching her go through this. And then she opted for surgery and she had the surgery and then her body, the sutures healed three months later, guess what? Pain was still there. So square one. But she didn't give up and she kept asking people for referrals. And she finally met this doctor who's in Escondido and he's an emotional kinesiologist and a, a medical doctor. And within a few sessions, they figured out what it was. And it turns out it was something emotional and it was something within her own marriage. Like she wasn't speaking up for herself in her marriage and she would shove her emotions down and not feel it. And so her body chose a weak point and it, it's kind of like a check engine light. Her body said, if you're not going to listen to yourself, if you're going to push your emotions down, I'm going to send off a warning bell until you can do something about it. And it kept screaming at her until she uncovered what it was. And then once the warning bell didn't need to be there anymore, all of a sudden her back stopped hurting. Mm. And it was like a miracle. 
And then she'd notice like a few weeks would go by where she's feeling good. And then she found herself going back into some old pattern where instead of speaking to her husband about what was going on, she'd start shoving it down and then her back would start burning. Mm. And so it was just a really clear signal. And I thought, wow, this is amazing because I'm so curious about how the mind and the body works. And then um, she, she got trained in a similar field and she offered me and my husband training sessions with her because she was getting trained. And we said yes, because we're always looking to learn and grow. And we started feeling different, feeling lighter, communicating better. Um, our marriage started changing to be more positive. And then um, our daughter, she was about 10 at the time, and she used to have these like little blemishes on her, like she would get like a little blemish on her face, and she'd pick it, and then it would get bigger and bigger. And she came up to us and she said, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't know why I'm doing it. I can't stop. And then I was looking up how to help her online, and at one point she was putting a little um, Band-Aids on her face and going to school with multiple Band-Aids on her face. And then it would get to the point where it's so painful. It was like a little crater. She couldn't pick it anymore. And I'd say, well, good job. I'm glad you're not picking. And she said, the only reason why is because it's just too painful now to touch. Like it, it got pretty bad. And then she got like a couple on her legs. So there was a point where she had seven. And then I said, I think we need to take her to that doctor that my friend went to. So we took her to the doctor in Escondido and in seven minutes, he figured out what it was. And he's doing muscle testing. Um, some of like you might know or some of our listeners might know that like uh, nutritionists would use it, some chiropractors use it, and some naturopaths use it. And it's a muscle test of the arm to ask your body a question and to receive an answer. So if you get a strong muscle response, that means yes. And if you get a weak muscle response, that means no, or it means that it's untrue. So it's kind of like a truth detector. And within seven minutes, they figured it out. And for my daughter, she was picking her skin because my husband and I were arguing. And she had no other way to express that except when she felt anxious, she would pick her face. Mm. And so he just looked at me and he said, is it okay? Well, he looked at her, can you wait in the waiting room? And is it okay if I have the rest of the session with your mom? So um, we did the work together. He, we brought my husband in to do a few sessions together. And then we each had individual, a few sessions together. And it was crazy. It's like stuff that you never want to admit to yourself would come out. Stuff like I didn't even know was in there. But when it came out, like, tears would come out of my eyes hmm. and the doctor would go what's going on and i'd say water and he goes what's that called and i'm like crying like i was so disassociated from it i hmm. didn't even know what was going on but i knew it was real because of that response that was coming out of my body i was like oh my gosh like this stuff needed to come out it it healed our marriage and so because of the changes that we were going through, like with my friend getting trained with this doctor, and, and by the way, like my daughter never picked her skin anymore after those seven minutes, after she could express herself and after my husband could change our behavior, it stopped happening. So it, it was brilliant. And then me with my background in psychology and the body-mind, I was like, this stuff is amazing. Why have I never heard about it before? never in any book, never in any yoga, you know, study or, or psychology study. It was never around. So I looked at 36 different modalities because I was like, I want to get into this. This is amazing. And out of those 36 different modalities of the subconscious mind work and energy healing and all this stuff, I selected two and then I, I got trained myself. So I chose emotion code, which is a way to very quickly identify trapped emotional energy and release it. And then one called Psyche, which is psychological kinesiology. And that's mostly how you put in positive beliefs at the subconscious mind. How do you establish that belief? And so I think those two work really well together. It's like clear the emotional baggage that's blocking you from your past and then make sure that your programming, what you're putting in there is that positive mindset rather than some old junk you got from you know somebody when you were seven years old or 11 years old that's running your program. So um, 
now I still teach yoga, but I also have a practice where I help people release this trapped emotional energy and establish positive beliefs. So I love being able to assist people in their growth and expansion and their mindset changing. And it's, it's amazing. I love it. <laughs> oh, wow. That was a long story. <laughs> that was a very powerful story. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate yeah. the, the vulnerability and I also acknowledge your willingness to face yourself and, and face your life and take action to heal. You know, sometimes people can know something's wrong and still not do anything about it. So, um, yeah. and I can tell that you not only do something about it, but you're very like devoted, you know, 36 modalities and then zeroing in on two and like <laughs> going all in, you know, like that's, you got to worry your spirit. Yeah. And things still come up. Like my husband and I know all these techniques now and we practice all the time and old stuff will still come up and we're like, what the heck? I thought I've dealt with this. Why is this showing itself again? But what I notice is that it's a lot quicker now. So instead of one of us stewing on something for two or three weeks, it's like we can recognize it, we can acknowledge it with each other and we can shift it within a couple hours or sometimes a couple minutes we just go oh that's some old pattern that i don't need anymore why are you here again what do you need to show me right. and then you release it so it never feels finished i don't think it ever will because we're human but i just notice moving through the struggle quicker right yeah yeah and yeah i think it doesn't it's not just finished because we're human it's it's because it's life and all of yeah. life is a process there's no part of life that is stagnant so there's always change and you know you ask well why is this coming back and it's like well just for the reason you said because it provides a counterpoint for you to measure something against so mm -hmm. if it was a different issue you maybe wouldn't have anything to measure it against but if it's the same issue then you can say what you just said, which is, oh, when this first came up, it took me a year to fix. <laughs> and then when it came up, it took me three months. And then it took three weeks, you know, <laughs> and, and now it takes three days, three minutes <laughs> to three days, right? So what's changing in that situation if the problem is the same? Yeah. You are, yeah, right? Fine. So that's the counterpoint for you to be able to see yourself. Right. That's and it's, beautiful. It's a, I've never looked at it quite like that. That's that's really good perception. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like it's just the acceptance of all aspects of life. And death is not the opposite of life. It's part of life. You know? Shadow is part of light. It's what gives light the ability to be seen because it's a contrast. So mm. What I've really rooted in in the past year is that on the deepest level, like we are one, we are source, we all are the same and we're unchanging and we're invincible. We've always been here and we'll always be here. But within this context of this human experience, you know, things can happen and um, that part is not you know, eternal, that part is transient mm -hmm. and precious. And I think an easy example to understand is, is like, if you're a basketball player, I give basketball analogies a lot because I love basketball. But <laughs> if you're a basketball player, you know, there are rules to basketball, right? Like there's, there's a court where you're inbounds or out of bounds, you know, there's one team versus another team. And then um, you can foul out of a basketball game which is kind of like dying in life. Like you can foul out of a basketball game and you can't play anymore, right? But you get to play next game, right? But since you know that when you foul out, that it's just this particular game being over, it's not the game in general being over, then you can not freak out about it. You could be like, oh, I, I didn't want to foul out right then. But you're not so attached to where your like whole world is imploding because you fouled out. So. The way that translates to me is that I know that I have specific things to accomplish 
that my soul wants to accomplish and experience in this lifetime. And I, and I work at them every day, but I'm also not so attached to my particular incarnation because I'm deeply rooted in the eternal essence that we all are. Wow. I, um, I was reading this book, it's by Matthew Ferry, and it's called Quiet Mind, Epic Life. Um, and he talks about all the ways your conscious mind, he calls it his drunk monkey, will try to trick him. You know, it'll be your critic, your judge, your bully. It'll be a victim. And he, he teaches you to acknowledge it so you can quickly move through it. But there's a chapter where he also does the muscle testing like I do, the kinesiology, and he muscle tested thousands of people. And he, he said whether it was true or not, we don't know about living more than one life. But when he muscle tested these people and he said, you've lived here more than one life, they all muscle tested strong, which mm. means positive or, mm. you know, we might go on to say that's true. He said that doesn't necessarily mean it's true, but it makes your body go strong to believe that. Mm. And then he muscle tested them. Um, I've been here on earth thousands of times. And across the board, those thousands of people also muscle tested strong on that. Mm. And then he asked, you know, um, he had them state, I'm here to learn lessons. And that tested weak, which is interesting. But when he said, I'm here to have experiences, everyone's that tested strong. Yeah. And then he went farther. He was like, um, we are having a set number of predetermined challenges in our life before we even get here. And that tested strong. And then he said, but we're, we're, when he tested every single thing you do in your life is predetermined, that tested weak. Mm. like untrue. And then he said, there are, there are some things that are predetermined that you've set out to experience while you're here. And there's some things that um, you get to determine along your way. And that tested strong. Mm. So it's just so interesting, like whether it's true or not, all these people, their bodies go strong to believe that. So even if we don't know yet, why not believe it? because it strengthens our system to believe that yeah so that was really powerful for me i was like wow that's so interesting that is you know, really and, interesting and not that we have to be here to learn lessons we are here to have experiences and he even tested um most people prefer negative experiences and that muscle tested as strong mm. and maybe that's because it's it's the drama it's exciting it's uh, strategy, uh, you know, the ups and downs. It's like nobody goes to watch a movie where nothing exciting happens. <laughs> I literally right? said that to someone yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you want adventure and intrigue and drama and, you know, wow. It's, it's, it's fun. So now when things unfold, like family dramas or, you know, I'm watching some drama show i'm like oh isn't this interesting that this person really likes it i can see it before i would have been upset for them or feeling sad or scared or nervous and now i'm like oh this is the exciting part they really like the drama of it look at this you yeah know? they want and it then, they called it in yeah totally and that changes the way i observe people move through life and the way i observe myself so it's so cool yeah <laughs> I, I definitely know what you mean i think for me it helps me to have boundaries around those things because i notice one way i'm growing and having boundaries is like the savior mm. vibe you know like if if i can see that someone is struggling with something then i want to help them as opposed to fully recognizing them as a sovereign being that's choosing their experience and just being yes. and, and like being present with them while they're exploring it, but not feeling like I need to step in and intervene. Right. Yeah. And so what have you found is the best way to to move with them through that? Being present mm -hmm. and asking questions. Right. Because 
I think maybe before I had more of a tendency to be like, whoa, like that, that's fucked up. Or like, you know, that is this, or like make kind of judgments around what they're saying. And now it's just like, if someone says, oh, like this is happening. And, you know, they maybe told me this same interaction, you know, like three times, you know, in the past couple of weeks. (laughs) So I'll just say, huh, I I noticed that this seems to be a pattern, you know, in your... (laughs) experience like you've told me about this a few other times like why do you think that is or what do you what do you think's going on in this situation and like letting them answer the question yeah right and if they don't have an answer be like oh okay well that's something interesting to explore right yeah without and because of your demeanor you're so open and friendly i think you're the right person to ask that question. Because if somebody asked that with a different tone or you know, some attitude behind it, they might shut down. But right. because you are so open and you really are just there to provide a loving presence, that allows them to self-question. So that's, yeah, that's good. Thank you for that reflection. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is a, a skill I've learned by virtue of doing this project because I've been doing it since 2011. So I am very practiced in interacting with human beings. And I feel like that's why we can go to deep intimate places is because the field that I hold is is Mm non-judgmental, right? Because I'm looking for what the person's truth is. Like I don't, I didn't know you very well before this call. Like I knew your essence, but I don't know you. So when I ask you a question, like I actually want to know like what your perspective is. Mm -hmm. And it's not about what's right or wrong. It's about what your perspective is, right? So there's no judgment there. I'm just curious. Yeah, that comes across and that's beautiful. I've, I've had situations like that myself with friends, being negative towards themselves and just trying to convince them otherwise over the course of four years. Like, <laughs> like, can't you see it? Can't you see all these amazing things about you? Why are you stuck in believing the negative things about you? And it never worked. Like I, all my convincing in the world couldn't shift it. So then I just started shifting into love. I was like, I I can't do anything to change this. So I'm just going to love this person. Hmm. And I think, I think it did start to shift. At least it shifted our relationship because instead of me trying to argue or convince, there was just that, that love there and allowance. And I still notice it sometimes, but I don't think it's as uh, pronounced as it was. Right. Yeah. Because you're not amplifying it by giving it energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, I feel like I could float in these realms with you all day, but to bring it <laughs> to a more grounded place yeah. for like Kelly the human, where did you grow up? Where were you born? Did you have siblings? Um, Reno, Nevada and um, no siblings. My dad was an only child. I am an only child. My mom came from five, but um, all of my aunts, uncles, cousins, they were in um, Washington, Idaho, and Canada, so very rarely saw them. Um, I had a grandmother and her sister that I was really close to, and they're like 100% Italian, so growing up, I always thought I was Italian. And we'd go over to their house for Italian dinner every week. And I was responsible for the garlic bread. And then my grandma and Aunt Rose were making mustacholi, ravioli. You know, they're making their spaghetti sauce all day long. And they're really special in my life. But what was really interesting is when my dad was 61 years old, we found out he was adopted. And he had never felt that close connection to his mom and his dad. And he said, I always wondered why I hear people talk about their parents and I just didn't have that feeling that they did. And it makes perfect sense. Mm. And it was funny for me because I grew up with this cultural background and then come to find out like, I'm not a lick of Italian, (laughs) (laughs) but um, 
culturally I was, but um, we eventually, um, we were able to open some records for my dad and we found out like we're Russian, German, Irish, and English. And unable, he was unable to talk to his mom and he found out he had a sister that he never knew. But I think what happened is we found out his sister had passed away. So he never got to meet any of his family. So it was weird. Like late in life, we had this this experience that happened that kind of rocked our world a little bit. But mm. yeah, a pretty small town I grew up in. And a lot of my friends got into drugs and stuff because there wasn't that much to do in the in a mountain town um, near Truckee, near Lake Tahoe. So I saw some good friends get into gambling and get into drugs. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. And then I went to college of all places in Las Vegas for about a year and a half because it was in-state tuition, but it was a new adventure. So I was like, well, where is some place that's in-state where I can get some adventure? That was UNLV. So I went there for about a year and a half. And, and then I met somebody and came to San Diego, fell in love with San Diego. But the best way to finish my credits to graduate because uh, I had so many credits in different places was to go back home. So I went back home for a little bit and finished my undergrad. So a little bit of hopping around, but mm. yeah, it was interesting. I love the beach much more than I enjoy the mountains and the snow. I like the sun and the surf and the sand and the warmth. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. So you know how to surf? No, my husband's a surfer and um i i've gotten up a few times but i didn't get the that bug where he's like you want to go again and i'm like no no thanks <laughs> <laughs> but i do like rollerblading that was an, a thing i used to do in my 20s and i just put on some good music cruised really fast and i used to use rollerblades to get to work when i was younger when i worked in restaurants i would take my rollerblades and stuff so when my daughter became old enough to go rollerblading, I bought her a pair and I taught her how, and then I realized I loved it again. So she, she didn't get my bug. She doesn't like it, but still like sometimes when it's a nice day, I'll go to Pacific beach, put on my beats headphones, cruise up and down the boardwalk many times. And I feel light. I feel free. I feel the, feel the wind in my face. Mm. It, it's one of those things that I just feel really alive when I do it. So like if I need a pick me up or I just want to be outside, that's what I do. I'll put on some good music and just go fast. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, it's kind of dorky, but that's one of those things like you were talking about. I know it's kind of dorky and I know it's not that socially acceptable, but it makes me feel good. And so I just rock it. I do it anyway. <laughs> yeah, I think what I've learned in my life is is being cool is, is overrated. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> being cool, being authentic is the goal, you know? Yeah. Being authentic is being cool, right? Yeah. But any sort of projection or pretense is not sustainable because it's fucking exhausting. Mm-hmm. Right? So, I, I mean, I could feel your joy and I could picture it when you were talking about, you know, <laughs> rollerblading down the boardwalk and having that. <laughs> I could feel that effervescence. Uh, That's cool. Yeah, well, when we get are able to get outside and commune together again, we'll have to do that. Yeah. Silent Disco Beach Yoga. Uh-huh. Because that I do this event series called The Universe Chose Us, which is actually going virtual for the time being. So if you want to check that out, it's Instagram. It's at The Universe Chose Us. But um, usually it's on the beach and we do, you know, face painting and yoga and maybe some meditations and then just a dance party like until the sun sets mm -hmm. and it's just like it's it's one of the most transcendent experiences i've ever been a part of because it it gets everyone to that place every time like the same way like with your surfing you said your husband liked it but you weren't mm -hmm. like ah. Eh. with rollerblading you said you love it but your daughter was like ah. Eh. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know exactly <laughs> with this with this my experience has been that everyone is like this is amazing right it's like that's so great who doesn't like music and to dance on the beach to a silent disco when it's <laughs> sunny you know it's with a lot of people you know it's just like I it's know. so fun 
I think you and I plan one for end of June and maybe this is going to be like a huge, you know, coming back to society, back to one another, a huge hug, hug fest. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen or where things are going to roll out, but you know, it's, I'm excited to plan that with you and to be able to do that. And I'm, I'm thinking we're going to be able to do it certainly by then. I just had a closed loop moment, like uh, coming back to the beginning. So mm -hmm. thinking about what chance did yeah at the show when he was like this is going to be the moment you remember <laughs> um i think that we can do that collectively right now and say our june universe chose us is going to be the moment where we all come back together <laughs> and are safe all healthy and safe and get to celebrate life again yeah with a deeper perception of what it is to be alive and a deeper sense of gratitude and mm -hmm commitment to joy as a spiritual practice you know like gratitude and yeah. joy is 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 thanks for saying thanks for this life like thanks for having to be alive you know yeah i love it we're gonna have to get our hands on some confetti <laughs> Bio, <laughs> biodegradable maybe it's gonna be like i don't know bird seed and then the birds can eat it <laughs> i think i know somebody who makes biodegradable glitter okay there we go so, yeah and I, and I also think that everything is more eco-conscious now, like, especially after this, you yeah. know, people are like, that's the beautiful thing about it is like, we can, we can like pull our energy out of the things that are maybe not the most sustainable or ethical or ecologically friendly because we have the time to think about it. Like, do I want to continue to put my energy into this system or do yeah. I want to start patronizing other systems and ways of being to create? A life that's just better for everybody yeah i'm seeing that even just with farmers market right now a lot of my friends are tapping into that like local farmers delivering a box of mm. produce i love to support that yeah i just ran out of fresh food so i need to figure that out myself get some fresh fruit from a farmer that's a great idea yeah I, I forget the name. It's like Yokoshani Farms or something. I'll, I'll send you the link and then you can check it out. Okay, great. Yeah. So uh, let's see. That feels pretty, pretty good. Let's see if there's anything else. Let's say what's one thing in the next week that you're excited about? Wow. Excited. I've been putting together this yoga resource book for a long time because I have 10 years of information compiled and um, I would find insights and inspirations and breathing techniques and meditations and I kept them in big binders. And I started writing a book compiling these resources, mostly for other teachers, but then you know maybe there's just some practitioners that are inspired too. And I think I'm about 57 pages into it. And so I was thinking, I'm like, hmm, now would be a pretty good time to work on that or maybe complete that. Cause it's been mm. on my it's been on my mind for a while. And I think, I don't know, I like I like providing a resource. I like pulling information together and then being able to allow i don't know save save people time you know all the time that it took me to compile this information and to try it out to distill it down and to offer it up to others that makes me feel really good so i think that's probably what i'm excited about sounds awesome yeah i look forward to experiencing what you create how about you what are you looking forward to next week well the first virtual universe chose us is this sunday nice so you know i in an ideal world would be on the beach but like i still feel like the intention and just the showing up to connect is really powerful and i feel like we mm -hmm. can still reach the same internal place like if we come together so i'm excited to see how that is and yeah. but what i'm most excited about is the music video that I'm going to release next Wednesday, the eighth on my birthday, because oh, happy birthday! Thank you. Um, it has been this musical project that I've been working on for the past 
three years and uh, the group or the, the project Indigo Keys originally started maybe like four to four and a half years ago. And I started it with a woman who I was dating at the time and another friend. And this woman had an incredible, incredible voice. She's a very powerful being. And I've always wanted to be a musician and it just kind of like manifested itself in that situation. And we made an album about our relationship. So it was a very much like channeled, very deep album and very powerful. And then, you know, um, we broke up and we've went our separate ways and, um, I haven't really dated since then because I feel like it was such an impactful experience and there was so much for me to, to learn and look at within and heal. Um, so I started making an album where I was the vocalist and I was kind of expressing my process from this relationship and from the childhood healing that it led me to. And for the experience of tapping into my own sense of like joy and all of these things. Um, and yeah, it's been a labor of love. And um, I've also maybe for the past nine months been kind of being a perfectionist about it. And I think what? a lot of that is, I mean, partially it's because I feel like I have a, I'm very sensitive. So it's like I have a high aesthetic value and that's one part of it. And the other part of it is, I think I was just holding on to it because it's such a it's such a major part of my like story and in some ways identity. Um, mm-hmm. So I was like holding on to it, and yeah, it's time to let it go. It's time to let it all go. You know, I honored uh-huh. it the process by making this art, which I feel like is it's just so powerful. And um, I think I realized it was time when I started playing some new music the other day, which I haven't done in a while because I've been in like the editing phase and like listening to different mixes and li- listening to different mastering versions, you know? Yeah. But I started playing music, like new music, and my heart just like opened up and it was like, yes, this is fun, you know, like <laughs> this is cool. Um, and I was like, wow, I've been, you know, holding on to this too much. It's time to let it go. Mm. You know, it's time to just like express it and send it off with love and say thank you. And then uh-huh. let other people get stuff from it if they do, you know? I see this in my daughter's work. You know, I told you she's a sketch artist and I have a little box that I've saved various pieces of work of hers throughout the years. And she has a big struggle to look in that box and she'll say, you know, I want to throw that away. I don't like the way that looks. Look at that. It's awful. This is also like what you were talking about when your kid is singing. You're like, no, it's not. It's perfect. It's beautiful. It's exceptional. And that's just where you were at that moment. Yeah. And now you're always learning and growing and expanding and you're in a new place. And then five years from now, you're going to be in a, a new place as an artist. So although it's hard to look back at that work because you've already progressed so far beyond it, it's still perfect. It's like yeah. that was the realness of it. That was your heart your emotion coming through. So I'd give you your own advice and say, don't wait until it's perfect. Get it out there. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm yeah. ready. And I feel, um, it feels good. And I'm really excited, you know, like I, I feel confident in its emotional impact. And like, I also am at a point in my life where I don't need uh, external validation to know what it is to me, mm-hmm. you know? So like, I would love it for people to have a great experience with it. And, mm-hmm. but, but I don't care because I can't control that, right? <laughs> like, I, I know that I've been listening to it for these past three years and it's still, like I listened to it today to make sure the masters were correct and I still had a beautiful experience. Good. You know what I mean? Like it's, there's so much mm-hmm. in it to where my soul is still communicating with me through the mm-hmm. music. Yes. So April 8th. All right. 
I can't wait. I'll help share the news. Got to let let me know. Let all of us know yeah, <laughs> when it's I'll going out. I'll send you a link. I'll send you a link. <laughs> it's going to be on YouTube. It's uh, the band is called Indigo Keys, and the video okay. is called Daylight. Okay. The Return. Oh, that's nice. Right. I like it. Well, Kelly, this was, I think, every every bit as fun as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Likewise. It's a pleasure yeah. to talk to you. Well, um, would you like to share maybe your social media or contact info in case people are interested to connect for a session mm -hmm. or for something they feel inspired about? Absolutely. Uh, my website is innermostsherpa.com. That's I-N-N-E-R-M-O-S-T-S-H-E-R-P-A.com. And I'm on Instagram, at Innermost Sherpa. I'm on Facebook, just Kelly Russell. Kelly with an I, and Russell has two S's and two L's. And um, yeah, you can reach me that way. And I'm picturing everybody with headphones on for your next experience out on their patios, listening to your playlist, looking like fools, just dancing on their patio and then recording it. And then they all have to like broadcast it live. Oh, <laughs> thank you for that. That's a great idea. I love that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's that vulnerability. Like, you know, people might be watching me in my patio, looking like a fool, dancing to my music. And then you got to film yourself doing it. And then everyone has to post it. <laughs> mm, I love it. I love it. Thank you for that. <laughs> Especially wow. if some neighbors walk by and give you weird looks and you got to turn your video to capture them giving you a weird <laughs> look and then back to yourself smiling. <laughs> I love it. I'm definitely going to do that. Right on. Okay. Well, thanks, Kelly. It was a pleasure. Yeah, you too. All right. Thanks, everybody. Yes. Thanks for listening and thanks for what you do in connecting with people and hearing their story. It's beautiful and I can't wait to listen to more of yours too my pleasure yeah. peace alright peace everybody bye we hope you enjoyed that episode this is what we're all about at Souls of Society if you feel inspired right now share this with one of your friends leave us a 5 star review on iTunes and most importantly, embody your soul by living in your heart. It's our time. It's our time for harmony, togetherness, and peace. Much love.